Welcome everybody to Till Death Do We Play, where marriage and video games are the perfect union. I am Andy. I'm joined by my wife, Allie. Hello. And yeah, this is our second episode, our spoiler cast for The Last of Us Part 2. First episode, we had our first impressions, so this one's going to be loaded with spoilers because we both finished the game and we're going to talk about it. Hooray. All right. So, fair warning to everyone who's listening. If you haven't played the game, you're definitely going to be spoiled from oh, yeah. this point on right now. Oh, my God. Everybody's dead. <laughs> no. no survivors. <laughs> no. Um, listen, before we get in, into everything, I don't know. I, I know we definitely had some differing opinions on the game. If, if b- Before we get into details, could you just summarize in maybe like a sentence or something how you felt about the game uh the whole thing or yeah from... like your yeah just like like your opinion on the game like we'll we'll try doing that ahead of time before we we build up to it i think i think that would be good uh i think the best way to describe the game if i had to tell someone who has never played it or really like had any interest in it it's draining yeah it's very draining it was exhausting and i mean i marathoned it i wouldn't even call it a marathon but like compared to how i regularly play video games i played this non-stop to try to get through it and i'm <clears throat> I, w- I was just mentally exhausted from it and that yeah. was that was over the course of a week and uh, just mm-hmm. trying to play it like but even then it was like work ended at five at 6 30 or so i was playing it until you know 10 30 going to sleep monday through friday and then friday friday saturday sunday that's what i did was try to play play this game as much as i could to get through it and it was that was really tough honestly the game for me was kind of the same thing with you where uh pretty much once i once i came home from work I would start it up and I would play it until, you know, I'd give myself some time, obviously, to do other things. But Saturday was pretty much uh, dedicated to doing my absolute best to beat the game. And I think I started it at maybe 11 in the morning and at 11 o'clock at night, I was still going. And this was after Monday through Friday playing it then. I was like, oh, boy, this is never going to end, is it? Mm -hmm. (laughs) I more i'm more of a night owl on the weekend so i would start like friday and saturday i started at around eight or nine and i stopped playing at like five thirty in the morning <laughs> just because i i don't know i felt like that was the best time of the week that i would have the most time to actually play it and boy oh boy it was it just felt like it was never going to end at some at some points yeah, I'd also say, because, I, I mean, I know there's a lot of people that have already beaten it. I mean, with everybody putting out their reviews especially. But it just seems like a game where if you have, you know, like depression or something like that, where your mind might be in a negative uh, state of being, don't marathon this game. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's funny you mentioned that. I don't know. I don't know how real we want to get here, but I don't even know if this is something I talked to you about, but like we, we talked about the Joel's death scene in the last episode, but like that was the first night that I played it. I got to that scene and I have like a lot of anxiety and stuff in life. And 
like a lot of like thoughts hit me about like death and everything. And I was, I was just kind of a little like sad for a little bit. (laughs) Just thinking about this, like, I don't know. It took, it took a while to like the Saturday after it came out, I played it and it was just, you, you realize that, and this is an opinion a lot of people have. It's not a fun game. Like it's not a, it's not a fun experience. Not once when I was playing this game, it's enjoy, it's enjoyable. It's very like, I'm, I enjoyed myself playing it and, and a lot of aspects of the game I never got tired of, but I wasn't sitting there like, oh boy, this is so much fun. Like I'm having a great time. <laughs> like it's, I don't know. It's like a raw experience to play it. And I think I actually took the Sunday after it came out, I didn't play it just because it was really hard to, it, it was a really hard game to, to put yourself through that quickly. Um, yeah, it, it's a, it's a tragic story and that's what they aimed for. Like they, you could tell that they focused a lot on, this is going to sound a little weird. They focused a lot on the writing and the storytelling of the game, even though that aspect is probably its weakest, but, um, yeah, yeah, it's a, it's just a sad story all around. So I would actually say when, the Last of Us Part Two remembers that it's a game that's supposed to be played. I actually found it to be a lot of fun. Like, I enjoyed yeah. the I enjoyed the combat situations where I could place a bomb somewhere and I could lure someone over there. And next thing you know, it's like, huh, what's over? Bam! And then someone screams, Emily! And yeah. I thought that was just good old-fashioned fun. It would get a giggle out of me each time because then all of a sudden someone else would come over here and be like, <laughs> go and get this mook. Yeah. And I'd just rinse and repeat that. And I thought that was a lot of fun. I mean, I guess I I guess I worded that wrong because the, the, the biggest thing I took from this game was like the story that it was trying to tell me. And it was just drain it was like like we've already said it it was just emotionally draining after draining and and yeah no i'm not yeah i i totally agree with that like the gameplay uh, that was one thing that i said last episode was that the shooting mechanics were hard to get into and playing it longer i just realized that it's just its own mechanics it's like switching from you know one game like like it's switching from like halo to call of duty you're going to be doing halo controls and stuff like that when you're playing call of duty you just have to get used to it and once you get used to it and you upgrade your guns and stuff yeah the gun the gunplay and the gameplay is is a lot of fun but i don't know i always had that like sense of dread over me like i was i was just anxious playing this game all the time i didn't know you know what was around the next corner nothing nothing was ever super scary to me it was like the anticipation was was what was scariest to me so i actually think with you saying how it wasn't fun is kind of you uh, took it the way that Naughty Dog wanted people to take it. Like, they wanted it to be this super dark, deep story uh, where it's like, oh, this is a mwah, work of art. Look at how <laughs> dark and gritty reality can be. And once again, like, that's fine. That's perfectly acceptable um, when it comes to the mood because obviously every single kind of game needs to have some sort of mood or theme that it's going for. For me, uh, once once I was just so tired of it because as much as I love doom and gloom stuff, there just comes a point where I'm just like, all right, I'm kind of over it. You need to get over yourself. <laughs> and I just started having my own fun and I'm like, all right, this story is whatever. I'm just going to pop heads, have fun, 
get money or in <laughs> the last of us two situation i'm gonna get this cloth and this bottle and make a molotov <laughs> and just yeet it into someone's face yeah. and that's gonna be my my treasured reward yeah you know what i'll i'll, I'll totally take that back i i, I worded it wrong just <laughs> thinking back yeah thinking back to the gameplay and everything like that you could do a lot of really interesting and, and fun things i mean as far as like a shooter goes it's it's incredibly fun but then you hit the next cutscene that's you know and and you that makes a lot of sense what you said just knowing like you know my background of things like i when i when i try to when i watch anything or do anything i get invested in it and i always try to find like i don't know the art behind it like you said <laughs> like i don't know um but yeah no uh well i think i think like the main thing once again like they they had a very specific well, kind of like what I said in the first episode, when Naughty Dog has made games recently, whether it was The Last of Us or Uncharted, they're not so much focused on making a game, it seems, as they are trying to make a story. And for me, like, that's that's fine. Just make sure your game mechanics are good. Mm-hmm. Uh, for this one, it's there weren't enough relief points for me to get behind the story. It was too much constant bam, 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 everything is bad. And, you know, like, there are situations in life where that is a thing, but the fact of the matter is that this is still a game that is meant to be played, to be enjoyed. Um, One of the themes for The Last of Us Part Two is how violence is bad. Uh, You do not recover from your hatreds. We learned that later on with Ellie that we can talk about in a little bit, or at least, you know, I'd, I'd like to mention it, especially mm-hmm. with how her story ends. Um, but that's really hard to convey when the entire point of this game, when it is a game, is you going around popping heads off. Like, the violence is the fun in the game, but the story is trying to tell you how bad violence is and how much it can damage you. Yeah. It's very much a hypocritical statement when it is being done in a game like The Last of Us Part Two. Like, uh, I would even say to that example, do you remember Nora? Yeah. The medic? The doctor, yeah. Yeah, so uh, Nora dies in a very similar manner to Joel, where... Ellie corners her. She has a pipe in her hand and she tells Nora, I'm going to make you tell me where Abby is. And she says, I won't give up my friend. So you look at her similar to how uh, Kratos in God of War takes care of Zeus and you just start mashing that button and you're going to town on Nora. Mm hmm. And that's a very, like, you know, they they show Ellie afterwards and she's shaking and she didn't take it well. And I found that incredibly uh, hard to believe because right a few minutes beforehand, I used Ellie to slit everyone's throat outside and she was perfectly fine. I, I noticed that too, but I think that was like, like, yeah, she'll pop someone's head off or she'll slit someone's throat. It's really weird, like, saying that like that, but... <laughs> But it's true. That's when, exactly what she does. Yeah, but she kind of she, she does that with Nora. It I think she's never dealt with anything that gruesome. She's never tortured someone before uh, to get information. So, and we don't know how badly. Like when that cutscene ended, I thought she went back 
before she said that she got Nora to talk, I thought she just went back with no leads. I thought it was a dead end. I thought Nora was dead. And we don't well, see him. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. But like, I thought when it cut to black, I thought, okay, that's it. But we don't know how, how bad things got with Ellie and Nora there. So, I mean, I think that's something that she just she just never experienced before. And I think that's what shook her. Well, I think she was also shook previously. Um Oh, who was it that she also stabbed in the neck and it was like a super big deal all of a sudden? Was um, it Leah? Or was Leah already dead? Oh, no. I Well, she stabbed... Um, she, sa- she stabbed someone she stabbed before the, Nora. Not Oh, well, if it was before Nora, the only person that I remember is the guard. But she wasn't she wasn't really shaken up by that. She Oh, she was. She kind of looked shook and she was like, that was that was stupid of you. Why'd you do that? Why'd you do that? Yeah, but. that's that's what I mean, though. Like, they have cutscenes where all of a sudden it seems like she's having a moral dilemma about this. Or she's like, and you could leave, and yeah. Yeah, it's like, well, you are you can't make someone murder all these people in various degrees, and then all of a sudden, because it is a character that has a name and has said more than, like, four lines of dialogue, mm-hmm. all of a sudden it's a big deal. It's like, oh, my God. I killed a person. And meanwhile, you have like Dina motioning outside like, yeah, yeah, but yeah. Um. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thinking back on that. Yeah. After she kills Nora, she goes to the aquarium to look for Abby, uh, where she ends up killing Mel and Owen. And then she realizes she killed oh, Alice. Yeah. Don't she you forget about puppy Alice. Yeah. And that was that was another cool thing that I think the. um uh, it just started <laughs> raining here, so if if you guys hear that in the background, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I thought that was another really cool thing. Now that you mentioned Alice, is that you just think that this is another guard dog because one, like you run into a lot of dogs in the game, which I hate. I hate how brutal it is. And again, that's just you know Mr. Druckman and Naughty Dog showing you guys how brutal life could be. But like, wow, you slaughter dogs. She stab Ellie. Ellie will stab a dog like five times. I was going to say, it's don't horrible. you drag me into this. I no, won't stab a dog. <laughs> it, it's it's horrible. But then, you know, when you're on your way to do uh, to to this big lead where you think Abby is a dog attacks you and you think it's just another random dog. But later on in the game, you see everything that happened, you know, uh, from a different perspective. And you actually bond with that dog and you, you know, it helps you on missions and it saves you at different points. And you're like, wow, that kind of sucks. But I mean, I. I that that being said, you know, we mentioned the first episode where your perspective switches to Abby. And I was thinking after Joel died, like, oh, I know this game is probably going to have me play as her again. And I didn't think it was going to be to the extent that it is. This game is 50 percent Abby. It was crazy. Yeah. Um, Yeah. You basically play through the first three days in Seattle up until the entire you, you play through your entire time in Seattle as Ellie. And then it switches over to. Seattle day one or whatever as Abby, it actually goes back even further, uh, which we could talk about a little bit, but then you play through all of the events again as from Abby's perspective. Um, that's, that's where you meet, you know, or you, you, you hang out with Alice, the dog and, and all the other people who, who Ellie eventually kills and stuff. Um, that, that was pretty, that was pretty interesting. I know that they did it to try to give you, uh, a moral confliction but well they wanted to do that whole thing where uh one of the things that they wanted to explore in 
The Last of Us Part Two is how uh, all these people have lives. So yeah. when you kill a random NPC, uh, someone will be like, oh, Michael, Emily, Diana. Mm-hmm. And then even the dogs, Max. So yeah. they all have like names to show like, oh, they all have these lives. And now, well, you know, here's Alice and Abby and all of her friends and yeah. how they got along and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was great. I mean, it was great seeing that. It didn't. I I know it divides. Uh, some people, I'm sure, are divided after everything that happened in the story on which side is is right and wrong. It didn't make me feel any different for Abby and and her team at all. Like, uh, you know, even at the end of the, I don't know if you want to go chronologically, but just skipping, we could always go back and forth, but like. Um, there's a, a face off where you're playing as Abby and I thought it was the end of the game. And I thought like they were doing some kind of thing where whoever wins this is how the story is going to end up. So I was playing as Abby and I was trying to get killed intentionally because I just didn't, I didn't want Abby to win, you know? Oh, I don't lose. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm so, like, oh, if I'm playing as this yeah. chick, oh, you bet so, you're going down. So basically, um, We'll talk about that a little more now, I guess. Uh, <clears throat> after you play through the first three days as Ellie and you switch over to Abby, you play through the three days in Seattle as Abby. It leads to her finding Owen and Mel uh, in the aquarium, along with a map that Ellie dropped, which shows their home base at the hotel, which we talked about the map in the last episode was like the map was kind of like a random thing that I found, but then ended up being a big part of the story. So I know after seeing this, that you definitely would have ended up with that map somehow because it was pivotal, 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 pivotal. Anyways. Yeah. Pivotal. So I don't know, maybe if I go through it on new game plus, I'll just not pick that map up and see what happens, see what kind of dialogue I get. But it's just going to be like, Hey, I found a map. That's what I'm thinking. But, um, um, you go back to the theater and Tommy, Jesse, Ellie, and Dina are all together. Dina's laying down. You uh, surprise Tommy. You get him down. And Ellie and Jesse run out. Bam, Jesse's dead. You but see, we already knew you this see from that, Ellie's yeah. perspective. Yeah, you see that from the from the Ellie's perspective. And then that's when the game switches over. At, like, like I, I feel like I didn't like that because I already knew it was going to happen. Like, I already oh, knew. Really? Lev gets through, Abby gets through. There's no tension in that regard because I already know Jesse's going down. Manny's not there, so Manny's definitely going down. Yeah. Uh, well, Manny you know, was Abby's you... uh, uh, sweet mate who likes women anime and booze. Yeah. Do you, you knew Lev was there? Was Lev in the original cutscene? Because he... Um, yeah. I didn't re- I didn't notice him, and then I realized uh, when you're going in as Abby's perspective, he's or she's like, Lev, keep an eye on him, and he kind of like goes off to the side. So I thought that was their way of hiding him in the original cutscene. I didn't. I didn't oh, maybe they it. did. Yeah. All I, I know is like when it came down <clears throat> to it, I was like, "There's no surprise here. I already know what's going to happen. She's gonna blow Jesse in the cheek. She's got Tommy on the floor, and she's gonna threaten to shoot Ellie." Yeah, I mean, I was. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was the same. I was just waiting to find out how Manny died. Um, and uh, everyone, else, everyone else was already dead. I'm pretty sure Manny was the only one where you're like, I don't think Ellie killed him. Who? How, how is he going to die? So uh, it happened. He got popped. I believe uh, what it was. Uh, it was um exact same Tommy. way that Jesse gets down. Yeah, it was Tommy. He just gets up and he gets shot. 
Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> anyways, uh, that that scene in the theater where you're, you know, when you play it as Abby's perspective and then you you do all the events, you go back to it, uh, you start chasing Ellie and that's like kind of like a, a boss fight. And I thought that they were going to do something really interesting there. I thought that that, that was going to happen as Ellie's perspective and you, I thought that was going to be the final fight of the game. I was super wrong. But, um, yeah, I thought the same. <clears throat> yeah, and I throughout the whole time playing as Abby, I mean, they really, they really let you know that you're going to be spending some time with with Abby because you have no guns. You're upgrading your guns. You're upgrading. Um, it's it's the whole thing. You get you get. Uh, it's literally basically its own game. Yeah. When it comes down to you it, get, you get you get a whole branch. Of, you get like five branches of things you could upgrade with supplements. She's Ellie two And I kept thinking to myself, like, I, I know I'm eventually going to have to fight Abby. So I thought that it was going to. I thought the game was going to do something like, as much as I'm upgrading Abby, that's how strong she's going to be when I fight her as Ellie. And I thought that would have been pretty cool. But you're actually. The final fight takes place as from Abby's perspective. Like you're you're not not final fight, but in Seattle. Um and Ellie's kind of like this crazy boss. But they they do they do something similar to that because in that fight when you're going around like the the prop room or whatever it is, Ellie's like running around, she's setting traps and she's throwing Molotov, like she's kind of doing everything that you upgraded her to do, which I thought was pretty cool. So they kind of still did that. You know, yeah, yeah, um, but yeah, let's let's talk like story stuff, um, why we found out why Abby did what she did to Joel and everything, and i i I thought that was like an interesting twist, but I was kind of expecting something similar to that, maybe not to that that specific level. Well, to to just come out and say it, Abby is the daughter of the surgeon who was going to basically kill Ellie. Yeah, yeah. And um. Joel went in there and just popped him right in the head and then took Ellie. Yeah. And that was kind of a big deal because for some unknown reason, apparently he's the only man alive who was capable of creating a cure um, that part confused me because they make it seem like every single doctor in the entire world besides him has died. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of like, all right, you're getting a little uh, carried away there with your self-importance over your leader. Yeah, like, even whatever. in the one flashback where you're as Ellie in the hospital, like when she's a teenager and she's going to get answers, she you go into his office and all of his notes are like, I'm going to shape the course of history. I'm going to also say this real quick, too. This story bothered me so much with how often it did back and forth cutscenes, because that's kind of what we're doing to the game right now, too. But I got really, really, really tired of, hey, you're in the present. Now you're Ellie when she just, you know, got to Jackson with Joel. Now you're in the present again. Now you are teenage her where joel's giving her a birthday back to the present back to the past where she's an angsty teen and now she's mad at joel now we're gonna do it with el with uh, abby mm-hmm. and i'm just like i didn't mind that oh my god i um i kind of like stories that do that like the first season of westworld does that a lot and um something else the witcher uh I, a lot of people hated that on netflix that it kind of goes back and forth like that but i i like piecing piecing together things like that 
So that really didn't bother me. Oh, it drove me insane. Yeah. I was like, can you stop? <laughs> yeah. Can you just stop? Or so, if you're going to do this, do it in like chronological order or something to where it's like, <laughs> I don't have to get to a random plot. And because Ellie, I don't know, she saw a, a, a dinosaur toy or something. All of a sudden we have to have a dramatic cutscene. Uh-huh. I know that's not what it was. It was basically every single night. It was, here's another flashback with Joel. But yeah. I just got tired of it. I was over it. Yeah. But yeah, basically, so now that we mentioned why Abby actually set out to kill Joel, that brings us back to what you said earlier about like a cycle of violence, which was another huge theme in the game. I mean, it was it was the theme of the game, how violence comes in cycles if you don't break it. Um, I thought that was pretty cool how like, I mean, you could literally trace it back. Joel killed the fireflies. Joel killed the surgeon. Abby goes and kills Joel. Ellie goes and kills all of Abby's friends to get to Abby. They fight. Um, Abby, Abby tried breaking the the cycle. She actually let Ellie go after that fight. I mean, you're playing as Abby and you fight Ellie, Ellie and you beat her and you're going to kill her. But then Lev, who is your scar friend that you uh, rescue during the game, Abby section tells you to stop. You let them go. Then Ellie can't. Well, she was going to kill Dina. Yeah. I, I didn't really fully hear what you said. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, she she was she was ready to kill Dina. And they found out like it, it, the parallels were crazy. Uh, Ellie said, don't do it. Dina's pregnant. And that's probably she what, said good. Yeah, she said good to that. So, I mean, that was literally her getting back for Ellie killing pregnant Mel. And um, she totally would have just slit that throat, went over and ended Ellie. But Lev talked her out of it and she left um but ellie ellie couldn't let that go and she well i think the main thing for it is both abby and ellie have their own sort of view on how to stop the cycle when it comes down to it abby was not going to stop she needed an outside influence who came in the form of lev who you know lev is someone who has killed people as well he is only 13, but he knows how to kill people. It's not something that's, like, foreign to him. But he wasn't going to let her kill someone who, when it comes down to it, Ellie was the issue. Mm-hmm. And to, I think, hear Abby say good when she's told that Dina is pregnant was too much for him. So he had to intervene, and that is where Abby realizes that she is wrong and she needs to stop, because her entire portion is basically a redemption arc. That's really what it is, is just life after the hatred is done. How do you go forward from here? Uh, Like, do you feel better? Uh, Do you feel guilt? And for Abby, she felt... She felt guilty. You can tell because she even says she she's helping Lev and his sister Yara because she's trying to lighten the load of the guilt that she yeah, feels. Yeah, that's that's really interesting you say that because Ellie is obviously a revenge story and then you switch over to Abby and she's trying to get redemption for something she did. But yeah, yeah. um you see that through Yev and or Lev and Yara's uh side story or I guess subplot is um Abby gets captured by scars and she's about to be hung and like gutted but uh lev saves them because they also have yara uh lev's sister well (laughs) i don't know if i'd go that far lev didn't want to help at first no yeah she like the whole thing is abby saved yara 
And then Lev was just going to let her hang there, but Yara said, no, cut her down. She yeah. saved me. Yeah, yeah. So there, Lev and Yara are scars who are running away from their camp because turns out that Lev is transgender and uh, he's born a female, but shaved his head like all the males. Um, so they tried to kill him because that's that wasn't the scars belief so um that's what made abby's path cross with them and uh yeah what i was going to mention is that in the days up to this uh abby just showing her guilt and and how she's dealing with everything like she's still not obviously she's not better after what happened because they show this through nightmares that she has where she's back at the the hospital and she goes in and she sees like her dad dying and everything like that. And then I think she goes in again and she sees something else. I can't remember, but it gets worse. She um, sees Yara and love. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. And they're, they're all, they're hung up and everything. Um, but then she helps them escape and get back to the aquarium. And, um, cause Yara. And, yeah. And, <laughs> needs cause, her arm. Yeah. Amputated. Yara got her arm blasted by one of the scars. So, like blasted with a hammer. So they have to do this whole mission to go to the hospital to get, uh, you know, supplies and stuff. But once she finally gets back and, you know, they, they seem like they're safe. You have this, it's the, you have this dream with Abby where she goes into the room and she sees her dad alive and he turns and he smiles. So that's kind of like the game showing you that Abby did find redemption for not, not necessarily redemption, but she's able to cope with everything now. She so. she found some peace of mind at yeah, least. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then you know things get horrible again. So <laughs> well, then so kind of like I mentioned, Abby requires an outside assist in order to stop feeling such hatred and to move past it and to just let someone be who has wronged her. Uh, Ellie, she you know after. Abby kicks her butt and then some. She uh, goes, lives on a farm with Dina like they had talked about. Dina gives birth to a little baby bouncy boy named JJ. And then you discover through her journal and through an event that happens on the farm while she's putting some sheep away with JJ, she's having PTSD episodes where she's not able to eat She's sleeping is basically impossible. She's yeah. having all these nightmares involving Joel, and she believes it's because she let Abby go. So when Tommy stops by um, because he was able to survive, you find out his wife and him aren't on good terms. And he shows Ellie, hey, I have information from people that stopped in Jackson to where they've seen Abby and she's over here in California and he basically says, I can't kill her, but you promised me you would. And that starts it all over again for her to where she uh, basically tells Dina she doesn't really care what she or JJ do. She's going to go off and kill Abby. So, yeah, which, you know, there's a lot in that. I don't know, maybe. 40 minutes that 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 scene took place like when you get on the farm to when you're off the farm again i thought that was the end of the game i thought the game was going to end when you are holding the baby and you go sit on the the tractor and like the camera pans up i thought that was just going to be the ending but there's like there's still like two hours left of that game and 
another thing that struck me with there with that is like Tommy, you know, you said you said that to Tommy in the beginning, like, oh, she's gonna pay and everything, but Tommy did this Tommy went out and told Maria to keep Ellie in Jackson. So he never expected Ellie to do this. So he was kind of like going back on what he believed, which I, Tommy, he turned out, you know, really, really spiteful, more spiteful than I thought he was. You know, it was, it was kind of shocking to see that. Well, that, that's partially, I believe the reason for why he and his wife, uh, separate saying that it's what they both want because when it comes down to it you can't it's it's very hard to live with someone who has so much hatred in them to the extent that tommy evidently did yeah he definitely he definitely changed on the the trip to seattle um but yeah so you think this game is over you're back you're not in jackson but you're you're I, th- I think you're like right up the hill. You know, it's it seems like it's very close. Anyways, um, you follow the lead and you're you're back in California. You flip back over to Abby to do another quick scene. It wasn't nearly as long this time. There was no like collecting or upgrading or anything like that. But then you're back as Ellie. Um, Abby's following a lead that Owen gave her that fireflies are in Santa Barbara. Um, and she finds like this old base that they used to be in and she gets connected on a radio and she talks to someone, um, and the person goes along with it. Do you think like, it makes it seem like, yeah, they're a firefly base. Did you see that? That part wasn't really clear to me. Cause I didn't know if she was actually talking to fireflies or if she was talking to rattlers and they just intercepted it and, and got her or, or if she was talking to fireflies and the rattlers were just outside waiting for her the rattlers being the faction that controls that that part of the area just like the wolves or um the scars you know um i'm not sure i definitely think they if they weren't the ones that were actually speaking to her uh well no i think they were because i think they actually say look for the building with the round dome and that was literally their hangout. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that 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 does actually make sense. Um that'll be interesting to go back and and check. But yeah, so basically Abby goes right into a trap. Uh she gets caught by these guys and they seem really like they they seem like they don't have a leader. I don't know if there's I mean obviously I'm sure there's there's more that the game could tell about the the, this faction but they just well, seem the game, the game didn't do a good job of really explaining any of the factions when it comes down to it yeah yeah you you mentioned that we could actually pivot back to that if you want to talk about the wlf and stuff i do okay like um they there's never a reason given for why you should really care about like isaac when you're abby uh there's no reason for why He is as hateful as he is. Like, at one point, when you, well, when you first meet him, he is torturing a Seraphite uh, who he has castrated, he has bludgeoned, he has cut up, and there's never a reason given to who hurt him to Mm -hmm. the point that this is viewed as an acceptable reaction to have. Yeah. 
And for the Seraphites, you find out that they're led by elders, but you never really know what happens to the prophet except in like one quick little side thing where Abby says because of what Isaac did, she's now a martyr and he's allowed people to take the ramblings of a mad woman as gospel. Yeah, apparently um, just looking at notes and stuff, this lady who created them uh she there was just one big one one day where she she killed like a a handful of wlf and and killed herself in the process she didn't literally kill herself but she died in the process and that i guess really pushed the whole seraphite agenda and making them less of like a a cult following and more of like a fin, like religious fanatics and stuff uh it so left says like- the opposite Oh, I thought I thought he said that they started acting different after she died. Oh, they did. Before she died, like, I don't know. It's weird because I think Abby does say she killed a lot of people. But Lev says they only became violent after she died. Oh, well. So I that's like she... a conflict there. Oh, yeah. No. Well, see, that's, that's the thing because they just don't. I don't know. I don't think they go in deep as they can with it because there there was there was obviously there was treaties and truces and stuff like that but I'm, i can't recall if that happened before or not after this lady died um but after I, it, it happened after so yeah because they they uh struck an accord with the elders yeah so so i don't really know what actually if that especially if that treaty happened afterwards i don't know why the fighting started um yeah it's really it's really hard to say but um but yeah they really don't i mean that's the whole point they don't really go into deep detail this stuff but if they did the game would be another 10 hours you know and it's just the game it it i feel like it could have ended at so many different points but it just kept going and going and and i think we talked about this is that they um it seems like naughty dog wanted you to experience every little thing that they could instead of putting things in cutscenes, you know, like, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. I had an example <laughs> in my head. I can't really remember but it was basically like, like every single encounter I'm just playing it this weekend between Saturday and Sunday. I probably had in just Abby section. Cause I think I hit Abby at Friday night, Saturday and Sunday. I must've played through 70 different enemy encounters as Abby. And it's just like, it just gets to be so so long, and if they, you know, wanted Naughty to include, Dog needed an editor, yeah, and uh, so yeah, I mean, they, uh, I'm sure that they have all of that information, but it it had to have got cut for what they wanted to put in the final game. Do you think the game is better because it does not have it, or do you think it would have still been important to include just to answer lore questions? I think it would have been good to to include. Um, I mean, if they cut down, it's going to sound weird saying this, but if they cut down some of the encounters and put more stuff in scenes, I think that would have been good to explain a little more. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe if maybe it would have been cool if you got like, as Abby, you could like find Isaac's journal somewhere and that could explain some of his things or something like that. Like even if he did it as a collectible, it would have been, it would have been nice to have a little more uh, insight into their, their motives. I think it kind of goes to show how 
they didn't really want to make a game when it comes down to it. They wanted to just focus on a story. Um, but because it is a game, they there still needs to be parts of it where the player plays. And I think the information, kind of like you said, like maybe she could run into like Isaac's journal or even when you're running into some of those letters, someone could say Isaac hasn't been the same since like the Seraphites killed his wife and children or something like that. Yeah. Like even something as simple as that would work because I do know that both the wolves and the Seraphites started off fighting Fedra who was, you know, the government. They had the QZs and everything, and basically nobody likes them. Um, and then after they're taken care of, that's when something something happened where they could not stand each other. Mm-hmm. And that, that's just what we're not clear on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it is what it is. I mean, they gave us a, a ton of story. Uh, I guess it's just not exactly the parts that, that we wanted to see. Or that that really grabbed us as much, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, getting back to uh, Santa Barbara, when Ellie Ellie goes there, your perspective switches back over. Um, you know, at this point in the game, I was just like, like, when's it gonna end? I don't know. It it it. It was great, like scavenging things in Seattle and all this stuff. But then it, once you hit the farm, it kind of feels like this is overkill. Yeah, if it, it feels <laughs> like you hit the epilogue in the farm, but the epilogue turns into like a three-hour epilogue with gameplay and more exploration and fights that you have to maneuver through and stuff like that. And I don't know, it just got to be a little too much. I did really like the area. I thought it was really cool seeing a little snippet of a different part of the world. And, um, when you're playing as Abby, Lev says something really cool, which is like, uh, if the lead doesn't pan out, what do you want to do? And he's like, Oh, go through the ocean or be basically said, go West. And she says, well, it's just ocean, but there's other countries on the other side. And he was like, yeah, we could do that. Which makes me think like, well, what's the rest of the world like in this world? And it was, it was really cool seeing, um, like what California looks like with like the beaches and the dusty, like the dusty landscape and everything like that. And um, so I thought, I thought the area was really nice to look at, but you know, going through the game at the rate that we went through, I was just so over it at that point. Um, yeah. Like I'll yeah. give it to you. The area was interesting. I couldn't care less about it. Cause no. I was just, I was done. I didn't care anymore. I hated that Ellie decided, you know what? Tommy's right. I'm going to go do this thing because I can't sleep. And I was just like, I don't care. <laughs> I yeah. just don't care at all. You have oh, you know, I they're they're probably not married or anything, but you have a significant other. You have a baby. You have a farm. You have everything that you wanted and yet you're still not happy. Mhm. I don't know. She definitely did it for for herself. She thought it would help with her PTSD. But you could even see it if you read back in her journals, like after she goes to California, you could kind of do the same thing that you did in the beginning of the game is like recap her journey to Seattle. And she's saying how she went through Las Vegas and stuff. And it was crazy there. But um, 
I think she needed a therapist. She she basically kept saying, like, why am I doing this? And I just want to go, you know, I miss the, the baby and everything. Um, but, yeah, there's there's a couple quick fights. You go down a hill and you Ellie gets captured. And that was brutal because um, she she gets in like a, a slip knot that launches her in the air. And then she gets impaled by a branch, a tree branch. And I didn't think that that was going to have as much of an effect on her as it did because she she got through the the situation. She killed the the rattlers who were coming after her and she got her information. And then it showed her in the next scene all stitched up and everything. But throughout the final level uh, where you're going through like this rattler compound where you know that Abby's being held as a prisoner, um, she starts saying like how her side is hurting. Her side starts to bleed and uh and everything like that so you're realizing you're starting to slowly realize that it's it's becoming more of an issue and i thought the story was going to go in a direction with that that it ultimately didn't go in so that was kind of like i don't know how to describe that it was like setting up for something that really just never mattered it was just more like it was just more crap that ellie had to deal with well, no, what it did was eventually you find Abby. Yeah. She and Lev screwed up because they were trying to run away from these slavers. And so they were put out on uh, the poles or something like that. Yeah, they're called the pillars. And, yeah, the pillars. And they are subjected to the elements and they have been for a few days now. So Lev is just basically knocked out like... He is able to say Abby, but you can tell he's just like barely hanging on. And and Abby, because she's a beast, is still able to carry Lev despite the fact that she's basically lost almost all of her muscle mass. Yeah, she you looks find out the similar to Ellie as far as size goes. Yeah, you find out when you um when you get out of the trap as Ellie and you you get information from the Rattlers. That they actually got Abby a couple months ago, so months have passed. Um, and when you find Abby on the beach, she's scrawny, which is it's crazy, crazy seeing her like that. And they also like cut her hair and everything. She just basically looks like a, I don't know. She's just in horrible. She's, well, she was a slave. Shape. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, well, what it does though, because Ellie was impaled, it puts them at an even an even playing field. Ellie hasn't been eating. She is wounded. She is not at her top physical form. And neither is Abby, who has lost all of her muscle mass. She's been subjected to the elements. It's literally a fight of who is... Which of these two creatures who are just about on death's door going to die first? Yeah, that that, that makes a lot more sense to me. Um, What I originally thought they were going to do with it was... Ellie, Ellie gets to the prison that they're holding everybody in, but Abby's not there, and they tell her that she's down at the pillars. Um, the next room that you go into, things get really bad. Like she can't, she can't walk. It, like she's she's stumbling. the The camera starts spinning and things like that. She's like, you know. So I thought, I thought basically you were gonna go find Abby. I thought she was already gonna be dead, and Ellie was just gonna die at her feet. Um, and that was gonna be like the most tragic ending but i mean i'm kind of happy that they didn't do that because i said in the last episode i like happy things so we got we didn't get happy but we didn't get death i guess so that's something 
Well, so. real quick, back to my point about how Abby requires someone else to assist her, whereas Ellie kind of does it herself. Yeah. When Ellie is winning, you are now fighting as Ellie. You are At first, Abby doesn't want to fight her, but Ellie holds a knife up to Lev's throat and says, you're going to, whether you want to or not. Yeah. So they start fighting. Ellie's just winning <laughs> when it comes down to it. Mm-hmm. She's... She has a knife. She is sli- slicing and slashing into Abby. Abby's just able to throw punches for the most part. But, you know, she might not be built like an ox now because of being up on the pillars and everything. But she can still take a lot of hits to go down. Yeah. And finally, Ellie uh, gets her under the water and she bites off two of her fingers And then Ellie starts to drown her. And while she's doing this, just before um, Abby's no longer able to function, all of those horrible images Ellie was having of Joel stop and she sees him just playing his guitar and she just Mm -hmm. gets up and tells Abby to take Lev and leave. Yeah. But so she was strong enough to be able on her own terms without anybody being there because Lev's knocked out. Abby can't talk because she's just gargling on salt water. She's able to picture Joel in her mind and just stop it. But her actions for wanting to carry on this cycle of violence, it, it it's going to be with her forever now. Uh, not just with the actions from leaving uh, Dina and everything, but she's lost two of her fingers now permanently. They're... Mm-hmm gone um i think this was a really uh good way for naughty dog to show how harmful hatred can be because uh since she had to follow through with this hatred when she finally returns back to the house that she shares with dina dina's not there and it's very clear dina hasn't been there for a very long time yeah but even besides that there's multiple times throughout the story where as Ellie, she plays this song that Joel uh, cr- uh, created for her. And when she's trying to play it this time because she is missing two of her fingers, the song is she can't play it correctly. And when you go over the notes where she would have to move her ring finger and pinky, the notes, they don't sound correct. They're like muted and stuff for. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that was that was really tough seeing that because after all this stuff and she tried to break it, but it's like that's just a constant reminder of her, of everything that happens. It, it's kind of like this was where you could have let it be. You could have mm-hmm. had your perfect family. Maybe not perfect. You could have had your the person that you loved. You could have had the baby. You could have had the farm. Everything was perfect. But because you had to go on this path what are you left with yeah um after that scene it cuts back to one final flashback which is the night before joel dies the night of the dance where dina kisses ellie and she's talking to joel and it starts out as kind of like an argument but then uh ellie's just like you gotta let me have my freedom i can handle myself and all this other stuff and then she she talks you know she says 
I can never forgive you for what you did at the hospital. Um, and Joel says, well, if I had the chance to do it, I would just do it all over again. And that's basically him saying like, he, you know, Ellie's more important to him than anything. So Ellie says, you know, I can't forgive you, but I want to try. And they kind of end on like a sweet note. Um, that was the, that realizing that now that's the last, um, image she saw of Joel before she saw him in that room with, uh, Abby and her friends. Um, which is really cool that that scene popped in her mind when Abby was, when she was drowning Abby, because everything up until that point where Ellie had a flashback, she saw Joel laying on the ground with a bloody face. So it was no, really- that one is when she, after she's played the guitar when she's returned home. The what one you- that she sees when she's drowning Abby is just of Joel with the guitar in his hand on his porch. Yeah, no, um, that this the ending scene ends with that. So it's like, uh, I believe he's playing the guitar and she walks up to him and they they start talking. Right, but that's literally after she's played the guitar. That scene first when she's drowning Abby is literally just her seeing Joel on his porch playing yeah. the guitar, but they don't say anything. Yeah, yeah. I think I think I worded it wrong. It was, yeah, but my, my point was, like, her flashbacks to Joel aren't of him. Like, you know, when she had PTSD in the barn, it was just, like, a frame, a frame of Joel's face. And then when she was drowning Abby in the ocean, it was a frame of Joel playing guitar. So that was basically when... That was basically Ellie resolving her issue and you know letting things go and now that's the type of flashback she'll have of joel hopefully is what i got from it is the the last good shot of him the last good like image of him she has in his mind you know um but yeah they ended on a, a good note unfortunately that was the last time she spoke to him but it kind of gives you a little hope and i mean i think the final shot of the game is uh from their farmhouse window and Ellie's walking. I think she's walking. I mean, I think it's safe to say she's walking back to Jackson. Um, I, I kind of have hope that she's going to go back there and try to patch things up and just try to live her life. You know, I think she will, um, or she'll at least attempt, but I feel like one of the main points that was made from the state of the, uh, farmhouse and everything is how it's it's probably honestly a little too late you think i mean when you first see their house everything is spick and span the paint is nice and fresh everything is well put together when you get back there as ellie the paint has peeled and that's like if it took her a few months to get to California and a few months back, I wouldn't be surprised if JJ is like two and a half, three. Like, it's it's a lot of time. There is no guarantee that Dina would take her back, would want her back, hasn't moved on. JJ's probably forgotten about her. Yeah. Yeah. It's sad to think about. But it is still also hopeful. I think the main point was... Um, people can still forgive or at least try to, which is what she does for Joel. Um, I just don't think it's like 
you can be assured that things are going to be fine for her now. But yeah, that kind of wraps up the story of The Last of Us, you know, to summarize and, you know, I asked you at the beginning of the, the the episode what you what you thought, if you could summarize it. For me, it was all real, like, technical feats. I think the game is, visually, it's probably the best game I've played. Um, it's definitely, it's definitely not, like, the best game I've played by far, um, but you know, it has a lot of things that were amazing to me, like the level design, the AI was pretty great, except for sometimes when, uh, you would have a partner like Dina or Lev and they would just kind of be out in the open and the AI would ignore them. But I thought, I thought Naughty Dog did a a lot of really cool things like with the voices where like they would see a dead AI and they would actually say their name. I thought like those little tiny things that, you know, you think to yourself like, man, why hasn't this been in a game before? And Naughty Dog are just the people to do it. You know, it's, I don't know. Um, but I feel like if they wanted to focus, if they wanted to push this story so, so hard, I feel like they could have made the actual game a little shorter. And instead of having you play through every little bit, you know, explain more stuff in cutscenes. That being said, I was, I was I was incredibly impressed with this game. So I think our story summary didn't really cover a whole lot of the story anyway, because we never once mentioned Owen. We never really talked about Yara and her whole thing. We never talked about Mel's whole conflict and stuff. Oh, geez. But to be perfectly honest, it's kind of like they're just their side parts when it comes down to it, because yeah. The whole real point is and, and Abby's redemption and Ellie's hatred. Yeah, and honestly, it's a 30-hour game to summarize everything that happened in an hour would be really hard. Um so yeah, there's there's stuff that we didn't cover like all of the tiny little details on Abby's <laughs> group and stuff, but at the same time, um, go play the game yourself. We don't have to go and elaborate every single minute of it. So, you know, go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Put your money where your interest is. Yeah. But uh, um, I thought it was interesting how they added a lot of tiny little details. Like uh, there's a portion or, or early on on Abby's section where she was recently cut. So her one arm is bleeding. And at, there's a part where she goes prone and has to push a box out of her way with her massive ox strength. And she just pushes it with the arm that's been cut and you see blood that uh, drips down or uh, just kind of flows down from those wounds, Mm -hmm. which was a nice, interesting little detail. But also when I think it's when you're on your way to the hospital to get the stuff for Yara, there's a portion where they clearly wanted you to be spooked. And you're walking down and all of a sudden a can just falls and it like uh, rolls over into the hall. And when you go over and you look in there, you don't see anything, but, you know, something clearly had to have moved it. So I thought they did a good job of adding some suspense. Um, They also make it clear that Abby has like one fear and that's heights. Um, Oh, yeah. (laughs) And I thought that was really cool because a lot of her game a lot of the portion of her her game is like high up on different things that she has to like conquer fear but if you go over to a ledge and you pan the camera down 
the screen kind of like stretches out and she starts shaking and she does deep breathing. Yeah. She starts panicking. So I thought, I thought even stuff like that was really, really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, I'm super impressed with it. Uh, the technical aspect of the game. Um, I had no, I had no expectations for this game. I thought the last of us one was amazing. It wasn't, it wasn't one of my favorite games. I just thought it was really great. And I was excited to see what they do for the second one. I know a lot of people were expecting a particular game that they didn't get and they weren't happy with. I went into this game blind and I'm, I'm really happy about it. So yeah, uh, I, I, I enjoyed myself. I didn't have a lot I, of fun, but I enjoyed myself. I got, <laughs> I got sad, but yeah, yeah. The one thing that I was a little disappointed on was how in the first game they established that there are the four stages to the infected. There's the runners, the stalkers, the clickers, and then there's the bloaters. But, you know, being a sequel, being a sequel, you always have to add a little like, oh, I've never seen this before. And now all of a sudden you have... Uh, what shamblers. were they called? Shamblers. And I won't lie, I could never tell the difference between a shambler and a bloater. They looked kind of the exact same to me. So yeah. I just thought them as, oh no, it's a fat boy. Throw yeah. the Molotov. It just, yeah, hit them with two Molotovs, they're dead. And, <laughs> and then the honest final big boss among the infected was the Rat King. And I don't know how the heck that thing gets created. <laughs> yeah, there's even more, like... You could tell how deep it could go, depending on how deep Naughty Dog wants this to go, because you run into this racking, which is basically like a bunch of infected that were smushed into a wall hive that morphed together and like clickers spawn off of it or stalkers. It was like a stalker clicker hybrid thing. Yeah, um, it was weird. Yeah. So um, that was a really tough fight. <laughs> oh, I hated that fight. Yeah. I looked at that, and as soon as he started charging at me, I was like, "Oh, I don't want to deal with you right now." Pipe bomb, pipe bomb, flamethrower, <laughs> shotgun. Like <laughs> that was literally what I did. I was like, "Why won't you die?" Yeah. And then when the clicker stalker combo falls off, and then it starts moving, I'm like, "Oh, I hate yeah. this." <laughs> yeah, it was. That was pretty crazy. Um. But yeah, I don't know. Any any final thoughts? Anything else you want to talk about? Um, congratulations on being the one game where people on the far left and the far right equally hate it. I think that is a feat into itself, and I applaud you. Well, I don't hate the game, so where does that make me? Well, you're also not far left or far far right. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not political, so I think that. I could enjoy this game without any crazy opinions. Uh, The one thing that I would say is um, I know before it came out that a lot of people were giving it 10 out of 10s, but they also were not able to talk about the fact that you play as Abby for a good portion of the game. And I think with how important that is to say you're not allowed to talk about it is... A, it's like saying you're not allowed to talk about half the game. Exactly. Like, um, it reminded me back to when Shadow of War uh, was giving out early copies 
of the game to YouTubers oh, yeah. under the stipulation that they could not say anything negative. Everything had to be positive. It kind of feels like it's not to that level of extreme, but it's very much a you are kind of... No, it's not even a kind of. You are still skewering the view of consumers by forcing people to emit this part where you play as the person who killed the main character one of the main characters from the first game yeah like you have no choice you play as abby and she kills joel it's the same as being told oh yeah you you don't have to kill any dogs in this game you have to kill alice these are things that you have to do and for that point I think Naughty Dog should do better. Do better how? I think they should do better in what they are trying to sell people. I think they should be more upfront Uh. and honest about it. If someone plays this game, then I think they should be able to say, yeah, there is a character switch in this game and you might like it, you might not. But to say you're not allowed to talk about it until after the game comes out... I think that is some crap. I could agree with that, especially when you told me what they said about the dogs. It's like, yeah, you're you're kind of forced to kill the dogs, you know? Yeah, there was a thing, just quickly bouncing on that. Um, I saw an article where Naughty Dog was mad at GameStop because GameStop said, you have to kill a dog. And Naughty Dog had said that they don't like the game being labeled as that because, you know, there's dogs in the game, but... There's no, there's nothing that says you have to kill one. And then all of a sudden, yeah, you literally have to cut open Alice. Yeah, there's no getting around. Like, she comes at Ellie in a, a narrow hallway and you have to. You have to. Yeah. There's no way. It's a quick time event. And it's like, okay, well, either you gotta kill the dog or canonically, The Last That's of Us Part Ellie's. 2, Ellie's edition. <laughs> this is where Ellie dies. Yeah. She gets mauled by a dog. Yeah, you could just stop playing after that point and... That's your ending. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what else to say. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, I mean, besides that part, because I don't want people to think that I'm just completely, uh, you know, hating on The Last of Us Part 2. Uh, I did mention I enjoyed the, the, the tiny details. They're very enjoyable. And I liked the side stories. I liked the story about the woman who was pregnant and got sick and she was, uh, you know, her husband goes off to get her some medicine at the hospital and he's just been gone for a really long time and she's getting worried. So she looks out and all of a sudden some seraphites see her and she writes her note saying how scared she is and how she hopes that he comes back. But you find out the seraphites got to her and hung her. And then later on, you find her husband at another portion, and he says uh, he was shot by an shot with an arrow by a seraphite, and that uh, if anyone's reading this, his wife is in this location. If uh, the baby is born a boy, then tell her not to uh, give it his name. And it's kind of like this sad realization of like this is what it is like when people can't communicate mm-hmm. uh, there's no guarantee that a person will come back that you're waiting uh is going to bear uh fruit at the end of it he could have died literally 
an hour after leaving and she has no idea. Yeah. That was um this is probably one of the few games where I've read like every single thing I picked up. I love the I love the side stories like that. Like they even um one of one of my favorite ones is they they like weave it into the main story, I guess you could kind of say because you get into this town called Hillcrest and there's a bunch of like stores and you go into a store and you see um an archery statue of this guy named Boris and you start finding these letters uh people are writing to Boris throughout the the level and um you find out that his daughter was killed so he kind of goes on a revenge quest which is really similar to what you're experiencing and um it eventually leads to him getting bit and him locking himself in his house um you don't realize this until you're basically in his house and you go into his garage where he's locked and you have to fight a clicker but that particular clicker has a bow on him so when you when you kill him you take the bow and you realize that this is the guy that you've been reading all of the the notes on for the last couple hours i uh, this the detail in that is like mind-blowing to me that's honestly one of the reasons why it took so long to get through the game is because I scavenged everything for those kind of like little side notes because they were so interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like there's a few where uh, there's somewhere you just get a quick little snippet of a person's life. And then there's others like the notes to jewels where they just keep mm-hmm. on popping up as you're just going through the story. Yeah. Uh, so that was really interesting. And I liked the D&D guy yeah there's there's one little house when you're playing as abby and uh you're with lev and you pop into someone's uh apartment and there's like a entire tabletop game set up and you go into the dude's room and he's just got all these little minis that he's painted and he's got a mm-hmm. how to draw manga book oh i love that that's, i was like yo <laughs> that's something else is that there's no two like there's no like apartments or stores or anything like that there's it's not two of the same everything has its own unique thing and its own unique story in it mostly everything that you walk into you could look around the room and see what kind of person lived there and what their deal was and everything like that and that was that was amazing um yeah even the guy the D guy there's a note on his table that he would pass back and forth to his next door neighbor Uh, and they were talking back and forth like, oh, does your mom need anything? Thank you so much for the cornbread, all this other stuff. Um, it leads, he, he had, uh, the D and D guy's name was Sam. I remember. Um, and he had a roommate. They eventually, they were up, they were up on the roof cooking and, uh, Sarah fight killed his roommate. So they were saying like, yeah, they were like, yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna head out and you go up to the roof and you see the stove, you see everything like that. It's the the level of detail is what makes this game so good it's it's awesome with that uh being said what would you on a one to ten scale give last of us part two um i i said eight last time and i think i'd probably bump it up to a nine it's definitely not a perfect game it's technically i've never played a game as technically impressive but it's that doesn't mean it's perfect um like you know, they could have fit a lot more details and interesting things that dealt with the story in the world and cut down on the like 200 enemy encounters that you have and because when it comes down to it 
the like they're like I said already, they're trying to tell a story, and I think it got bogged down with twenty five hours of gameplay. You know, and it could have had a little more. Um, but yeah, I I, I really I really enjoyed it. Just, I'm probably gonna play it on New Game Plus eventually. I'm gonna take a long break after going through it in the last week. But but yeah, how about you? You you gave it a super low score last time. I didn't give it a super low score. I gave it a five out of ten before. Well, that's 50%. that's not super low. That's fifty fifty. <laughs> it means I didn't like it. it. Means I didn't. It means I didn't like it, but I didn't dislike it. Yeah. Uh, I would give it a seven out of ten. I liked it when it remembered that it was a game. The story at one point, I just kind of just tuned out because it's too much gloom and doom that it loses its impact for me. It's just kind of like, all right, this is a depression trip, kind of over it. Uh, And I think that Naughty Dog as a studio loses a point because of practices that I do not approve of. Well, all right. Um, If I gave it a nine, you gave it a seven, our joint score would be an 85%. 80%. What? Yeah. I don't know how to do math on my calculator. <laughs> Wait a second. 70 and 90. The medium of that is 80. Oh, yeah, because it's 16, not 17. I'm sorry. Oh, my I, goodness, I did Andy. 17 divided by 20. <laughs> uh, whatever. Anyways. Uh, good. We I'm gotta, never going to let you leave that down. We got to get some kind of comedy or laughing in this dreary, depressing Last of Us Talk. God, God <laughs> knows the last was part two needed some comedy and joy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was, I mean, we could do, I, you know, I don't even think I should even ask you what else you've been playing. Cause that's really all we've been doing. So yeah, for the most part, that's what I've been playing, but you know, the, uh, steam sale is upon us. So I have, uh, partaken in some Neo, which I did not really get too far in because it's just as uh difficult but in a technical standpoint compared to where the last of us part two was just a story standpoint mm-hmm. so in the end i gave up because i'm like all right i don't need to be this miserable in life yeah <laughs> oh you know what i actually did play something else i played through the pokemon dlc the isle of armor and it is not great it's really whatever it's super lukewarm um you pay $30 for the season pass, which comes with the Isle of Armor and something else, the Frozen Tundra or something like that. That's going to be coming out later on. But when you're thinking about it, like you get you get like 100 or 150 new Pokemon that you have to catch. And this very short story, the story takes like two hours maybe to beat. Um, but yeah, I, I really I didn't I didn't think it was that great. It's Pokemon's very first DLC ever. Oh, and I've been playing we uh the Ring Fit Adventure. I know I can't, I want to keep calling it Wii Fit as well. Yeah, but <laughs> I'm like, wait, that's not what it's called. This isn't the Wii. Yeah, we both got Ring Fit Adventure. It's a workout. It's fun. It really is. Oh boy, it mm-hmm. it's it's I'm tough. At my copy now. Yeah. But all right, so second episode done. First spoiler cast done. I think uh there's definitely some things I could learn from from this spoiler cast, like how to how to uh 
uh, how to do math how to how to do math and and (laughs) log my thoughts i felt like i was rambling there so bear with me if it felt like i was rambling during this we still learn how to do the podcast stuff so but yeah that's it um parting words Allie. please nothing horrible about joel like last time (laughs) um try to avoid having your fingers cut off if you play the guitar, because every song you play past that won't be the same. But it'll be a little more symbolic and kids will be scared of you. So I think mostly kids will just be scared of you. Go on and play snowball fight again, kid. Ellie, please ah, leave us alone. No, go away, you freak. <laughs> oh, no. People, who, people who've lost their fingers are not freaks. They have been in unfortunate accidents. Ellie, But, but Ellie's a psychopath, so... Well, who, let's be fair. In order to live in this world, you gotta be a little psycho. You have to be willing to place down a pipe bomb and destroy a man and his best friend. Several times. Several times. She destroyed several best friends. Yeah. All right. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye.